Welcome back to another Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm Charlie, and joining me again this week, like every week, is Daniel. How are you today? Yeah, good. Finally got a chance to see some actual footy on the weekend. It's actually good. Good the footy's back. It's been good. Yes, we did have a week off last week, but we are back again today with a breakdown of the trial games that happened over the weekend. So we'll start off with the first game. So that's the Raiders versus Roosters Friday night. So Raiders won 32-18 to 18 in that one. And uh, how do you think that one went? Yeah, look, the Raiders actually look like red hot, really. Um, I don't know about you, but Savage and Chans are going to be battling pretty hard for that fullback role. Um, Savage came out and looked very energetic, looked in form, really. Um, he's going to be pushing for a, for a spot in that number seven, well, in the 17, hopefully in the number one jersey. But yeah, it all depends on how Chans, I guess, pulls up for the start of the season because he looked electric as well. Yeah, they definitely were playing really well. Um, I think Chans scored, I think, 38 points. Um, during the game. So you got two tackle busts, uh, a line break, and a try assist. So I think that's pretty impressive considering, you know, the time we played and everything. Yeah, exactly. He didn't play the whole game. So the fact that he got through that much work in the limited time he had on the park was was pretty good by him. I think Savage played pretty much 80 minutes. So a kind of indicative there of his kind of scoring potential if he's playing 80 with a try, 48 points. Like, there's actually a decent amount of um, potential there, a bit of value if he actually does get into the squad. But... He's probably not going to be playing at number one, so I don't know how indicative of his scores that will be. Most likely, Chans will be the the starting fullback for the Raiders. Yeah. Unless, you know, Ricky Stewart changes something up completely um, before their round one game. I mean, it'll be interesting to see T- T- well, the team lists, I guess, for the first week, but I I doubt that Savage will be in that number one shirt. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Um, What about Gula as well? Yeah, Gula, he he looked pretty solid. Like, very, very good defensively. He probably won't get a start either, um, just considering how good Tarpany was as well. So, um, Gula made, I think, you know, nearly 30-odd tackles, had a few hit-ups and made over 100 metres or close to 100 metres. So, he he actually had a pretty good good, um, effort um, in that game. But, yeah, it's hard to say whether he'll actually get a starting spot. Probably not, considering they have um, Josh Papali'i and Joe Tarpany. Like yeah. they're they're they're, they're out some and out. Pretty forwards. strong players. Yeah, it's hard to there. get into a team when you've got some, such a strong forward pack. And you know, it's he he's always going to be behind them until you know they leave or they retire. Basically, I think, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Unfortunately for him, yeah, I agree. Um, I would say on the opposite side with the Roosters, there was no one really fantasy relevant to kind of talk about really yeah the roosters it was a tough one for them they they played okay in patches but you know they had a few first grade players in there in lamb and hutchinson and kieran but very average i don't i don't know how you felt when you're watching it but it was wasn't like they were very cohesive i think it's just because they were missing a few first graders sam walker as well looked a bit poor i think that yeah you're saying they didn't look very cohesive i think that's how i felt watching it like it just kind of felt a bit like separate people doing separate things. Yeah, yeah, it didn't kind yeah. of come together. Although there was a few juniors that played quite well for the Roosters. Um, like we're not going to touch on all the junior players because there was a ton of players for each team that yeah. played really well. But you, you're not going to see a lot of those juniors in the team unless there's like huge outs with COVID and whatnot throughout the season, which there probably will be. I'm sure they get a game or two. Oh, hundred percent. They're not going to get enough time to really be buys and make you cash anyway, so they're not worth talking about. I, I don't think going over these teams and i think at least the raiders have got the COVID thing now before the season started yeah that's right they so. had a few that uh were out with COVID. i think chance was one of them as yeah. well so yeah get it get it over and done with get in the it early in the season that will last you for the first three months yeah <laughs> <be all> right. <laughs> you get through the first few rounds unscathed <laughs> exactly 
Um, so we'll talk next about the Tigers versus the Sea Eagles, Manly. Um, so Tigers 4-28. So a bit of a stomp there. Yeah, Manly got on top um, pretty early on. I think the Tigers started fast, but Manly quickly took over and they were in front within, I think, 15 minutes. So, yeah, pretty much Manly being in control. They started with basically their first grade team uh, with Bullimore in that uh, spot that Josh Schuster normally sits in, in the number mm-hmm. 12. Um, which was very interesting. I wonder if that's going to be similar to the start of the season because Carl Lawton didn't feature in this game at all. So um, most people were thinking that Andrew Davey would get into the squad. I was hoping Andrew Davey would get into yeah. the squad. But it looks like most likely that Bullimore and Lawton were going to be filling those spots. But, you know, there's always an outside chance that Davey snags a bench spot or something like that. But I guess we'll wait till round one. But anyway, from the actual game, Bullimore played pretty well on an edge for Manly. Um yeah, do you want to go over that? He played 40 minutes, 30 points, so that's pretty solid. Yeah, I think the fact that he played only a half, it, it's kind of encouraging to see that he got 30, 30 points from that because if, if he's coming off the bench, he's probably only going to get about that amount of time, if not a little bit less, being a replacement forward. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he was on an edge and getting 30 points is very encouraging because if he's in the middle, he's going to get through a lot of work and should that is most likely his base, right? Like if he's mm-hmm. playing on an edge and getting 30, that's probably his base in the middle if he gets the same amount of time. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and DCE? Yeah, he he played well, started well, got a 40-20, had plenty of kick meters as well in the first half, over 300 kick meters to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a deduction in points this year with kick meters, but yeah. the fact that he's still got a, a high amount is still encouraging. It's still points nonetheless. Yeah, 310. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That's Yeah, that is <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I guess it's only 10 points now, whereas previously it would have been 15 if... Oh, I can't do maths at the moment, but it'll be around, yeah, 15 points normally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that it's it's still good that you have kick meters as a base, but a lot of halves are going to struggle because, especially like the kind like DCE, Mitch Moses, all those guys, they're, yeah, they're, they're all based off kick meters, their scores. So the fact that they're losing all that, it's going to really hurt them. Um, but yeah, in the first half, DC finished with 25 with all those kick meters and a 40-20, which is good, good attacking stats. Like there's plenty of stats there for him, but not good enough. Um, I think in the end to probably warrant a pick considering how expensive he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think where we come to the consensus consensus that most halves, they're just not worth picking early on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think we did discuss this beforehand, but for me, yeah, halves are not my sole focus. I think going into the season. So I guess then we'll touch on the Tigers. So we've got some notes on the screen, which Daniel wrote during the games. (laughs) Um, And this one simply says, Tigers were underwhelming. Care to elaborate on I that mean, one? It's pretty accurate. They were pretty much, yeah, underwhelming. Like, I didn't see much quality from them, unfortunately. Like, they did have a few first graders, Leilua, Utuikamanu, um, Nofaluma, and actually Gildert was in there as well. He's come from England. So um, he actually didn't have too bad of a game, but he didn't really get involved that much at centre. Um, yeah, like, it just, they didn't look that great. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. They just didn't look good. Like, um, it's hard to take anything from that game for their players. Like, they yeah, they got a hit out, but I don't know how it's going to go in terms of form into the season. Peachy as well played at 13. I don't know if we'll expect that for round one or if Twal will be there, but he looked pretty average, to be yeah. honest, in the middle, even though he played well in that role for the Titans. Yeah, for the Tigers, it just didn't seem to come together. Yeah. That's not necessarily the be-all, end-all. Like, there is still no, more absolutely. to happen, but at the moment, yeah. Tigers... Yeah, there's still more two. There's still two more rounds of trials, so yeah. still got a bit of time, to, bit of time for that. to feel out some of the players, I think. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll move on now. Oh, this is anything else? You no, want. that's pretty much so it. So we'll yeah. move on now to the Storm um, versus Warriors. So 18 to 30 in favor of the Warriors. Um, I mean, personally, I found that um, like Coates did well early on. A bit quiet for the rest of the game. He only scored 25, but he did score a try quite early on in the game. Yeah, so he had that try within the first couple of minutes, but outside of that, didn't really have much else in terms of involvement. I, I think it's yeah, pretty quiet for him, but yeah. I don't know if that's the way the game's going to go. Obviously, they were subbing players on and off exactly, quite regularly, yeah. the Storm, as they do um, for trials. So, you know, he it might be a lot better when the, the first round comes around, but if we can expect more tries like that, it was a good try. Like it was. He, he broke through three tackles on the edge, really close to the sideline, so... If he can do that more often, then I think he's going to be a value buy for sure. 100%. Um, and then Munster, 38. Smith, 62. Yeah, very good. They actually looked really good. Um, Smith especially. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Brendan Smith at the start of the season. I know he was a popular buy last year because he was you know, playing in the number nine to start the game and then moving to lock to play off the rest of the game and played you know, roughly 70-odd minutes a game. But... If he's going to be solely playing at lock, I, I wonder if his scores will go up or down. That's the big one for me. Because really, realistically, if you're playing hooker, you're getting all the tackles and you've got your hands on the ball a bit more. And the way Brendan Smith likes to play, he likes to dart out a dummy half, get get the forwards caught off guard and try to you know break a few tackles and line breaks through there. Whereas when he's playing at lock, he won't have his hands on the ball as often and he'll be playing a lot more hit-ups through the middle, which is similar, but it's not the same way that he normally plays. So... It'll be interesting to see how he goes, but very encouraging signs, the fact that he got a 62. Obviously, he's suspended for round one, so he won't be playing then, but he'll be straight back into the team for round two. And most likely, he'll slot straight into the number 13 jersey unless they revert back to how they played last year with him in the nine, then moving to 13. But I think Harry Grant's pretty fit, so he'll probably start at nine. Yeah. Most likely. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. Um, And is there anybody else? you want to shout out for this one not at the storm but for the warriors very very good game for them um they looked really really good reese walsh walsh especially he yes he was in everything he was very energetic obviously this is only his second season in the nrl but yeah he looks he looks like he's going to be just as good as last year if not better based Mm -hmm. on the trial form that he had Um, yeah Interesting to see how he goes over the next two weeks, if he can keep that form up and if he's going to be as energetic or if they're going to even keep playing him after seeing his first hit out. But, yeah, good signs. good, Very good signs for the Warriors, I think, especially with the bringing in Sean Johnson this year as well. Yeah, definitely. He's got a 36 as well, so definitely someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, didn't like play the whole games. game either. And with a try and 36. Yeah. Very, very good signs. Amazing. Um, so we'll move on now to the Rabbitohs versus Cowboys. So 12 to 24 to the Cowboys. Tom will be very happy right now. <laughs> happy that they got a win, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think any first graders played in this game. If not, there was a very limited amount. Um, Maybe telling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the coaches spoke beforehand and was like, look, let's just keep our stars out of this and let's just get some fitness into the younger players. But it was very hard to pick much out of this game. You're probably looking at more juniors that are hoping to grab grab a bench spot yeah. in their team. Um, so actually, Davey Moali was the big one for me. He played a lot of minutes. And he's he played like I expected him if he got minutes. He was yeah. very solid through the middle. Workhorse, 135 metres, 36 tackles, scored 47 fantasy points. Really good. Um, yeah, if he gets minutes, he's going to be scoring at quite a high PPM. So, you know, around the 0.9 to 1 point a minute if yeah. he's up there um, getting minutes for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, was there anyone else that you wanted to... 
I guess uh, for the Cowboys, it was hard. They had Dejan Arcee. I don't know how many how many games he's going to play this year because he's more of that. He's going to be more of a utility player. I don't see him playing. They're going to have Tom Dearden and um, Chad Townsend as their halves this year, the Cowboys. So I don't see him playing many games, but he'll probably you know snag a bench spot maybe if he's lucky. But yeah, I don't see him playing regularly. So it's a bit hard to bring anything out of that Rabbitohs Cowboys game. Yeah, the only interesting thing was Mowali. So hoping he gets a bench spot because he if he gets a bench spot, he's pretty much a solid first round pick. You just kind of have to have him yeah. um, for round one. Sounds good. Um, moving on, we'll go to the Titans vs. Broncos. So 26 all for those guys. Anything that was particularly impressive during those that game? Uh, the Broncos actually had a bit of fight this game. Yeah. They they looked like they were burnt out early on. The Titans had them against the, uh, yeah, on the ropes really early on. Um, but they fought back to, you know, level it up. And unfortunately, trial games don't go to Golden Point. That'd be pretty good to see. But, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's cramping five minutes before the end of the game yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, the Broncos' fight back was actually really, really good. Good to see that they've got a bit of heart in them. Um, Kobe Hetherington actually played really well in the number 13 jersey. Don't expect him to have that number 13 from the start of the year. Carrigan's pretty much got that lock roll sewn up. Um, he'll most likely be a bench utility Hetherington. Yeah, um, and it did be... look pretty promising that he'll get a spot in the 17. Yeah, absolutely. He played well enough to get into the 17, and most likely he's going to be sitting on the bench, which unfortunately doesn't make him a buy, but it means you kind of got to keep him on the radar in case there is an injury to the Broncos team. Definitely. He scored 38 in the game as well, so pretty good score considering... Yeah, exactly. He didn't play the whole game. So, no. yeah, very good considering he was uh, in and out of the team. Yeah. And for the Titans? Um, I personally, Sexton, scored 36. His stats are pretty average considering how long he played. Um, so not necessarily like a bad score, but like maybe a bad score for him. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. Like he's got, he got 36 and a half with a try to his name, which... Obviously, 36 and a half, you'd take that every day of the week. It means, you know, most likely going to get close to 70 if if they play the whole game. But the fact that he had a try mixed in there with a lot of tackle busts, you won't be expecting that every week. I just don't think that he can keep that kind of form in the regular season anyway. Like, those attacking stats aren't going to come. He's going to need a lot more base stats, and that's where he kind of fell down. He partnered Paul Turner in the halves for the first half, and... They actually shared the kicking, so I'm wondering how much kicking he's going to share with Brimson, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, he did look good, though. He did have a couple of attacking yeah. flourishes, like, looked quite active, but it's it's really hard with halves this year with the changes to kick meters and tackle bus because they kind of elevate halves to the next level from mm-hmm. getting around the 40 to 50 points to the 60 kind of points. So if you're not getting, if you're reducing those stats and you're not getting those extra points, it makes them hard to get bigger scores which is why dce mitch moses all those big halves that we already know and love are gonna really struggle as well yeah uh yeah outside of that um there was a couple of titans players their edges kind of played well tremaine spry and Isan masters yeah looked really good on yeah. an edge masters, masters yeah really scored good. a try had a try assist yeah looked looked lively but hasn't looked like that since he was playing at the cowboys sorry uh burmo hasn't had that form in the last <laughs> couple of years uh, yeah, if he can get back to the kind of form that he had, I mean, he showed it in this game. He he can be deadly on an edge. And yeah. he was a fantasy-relevant player back in 2020, I want to say. It was 2019-2020. He, when he first came onto the scene, he looked very good and was very good in fantasy for the for the Cowboys. So mm-hmm. hopefully he can come back to that form because he's very cheap. And if he gets a, a spot in the team, which is, you know, possible, um, yeah, he could be a buyer. Yeah, definitely keep an eye out for him 
going into the season. Yeah, absolutely. And Stags as well for the Broncos. I didn't yes, touch on him. Looking good. As yeah. long as he doesn't get injured. Very good. Yeah. Be be great season for him. Yeah, he tackle busting machine Stags yeah. is. He yeah. He he carried that edge for the Broncos. Um It's it's kind of hard cuz he is expensive, but he is a bit too expensive for the risk that he poses because of yes. those injuries. That's the problem. Um, if he was cheaper, you might want to take a risk on him, but it's a lot of money to hold in your centers considering some of the cheapies going around. I 100% agree, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. So, in a game that will shock nobody, Sharks vs. <laughs> Panthers, 6-34 uh, to 34 in the way of the Panthers. How did we feel about that one? Yeah, pretty straightforward game uh, for the Panthers. The Sharks, disappointing, but there was some takeaways from it. Um, Braden Trindle... He was probably fighting for that number six jersey. He still yeah. is fighting for that number six jersey alongside Do you think um, he'll Nico get Bynes. it? Um, no. <laughs> not after the performance that he played yeah. against. Actually, not number six. He'll be playing in the halfback number seven jersey. But mm. after that performance against the Panthers, he just forced his hand a bit too much, was trying too many things, just needed to kind of sit back and just control the team a bit more rather than force the... Yeah. Just force that extra pass, force that, you know, line break, trying to force too much. Um, yeah, I know Fitzgibbon's obviously trying to look out to see if Trindle or Moylan or who's that? They've got that young kid as well. I can't remember his name that's on the bench. Oh, God, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, they're trying to find who's going to be that that partner for Nico Hines. But obviously, if it's not going to be Trindle, unless it's Moylan this year because mm-hmm. his contract's going to be up at the end of this year, yeah. they're going to have to find someone else to come in um, and fill that spot. And if it's neither of them, it's going to be whatever that young junior's name is, because <laughs> I can't remember his name, but that's fine. Um, we can come back to that. I know I'll remember it um, eventually later on. Um, Metcalf, that's his name. Yes. It's it's Luke Metcalf. Metcalf He's on the, yeah. He, yeah, he played a few games at the end of last year, looked pretty good, so he might be the future there at the Sharks. Very memorable person, obviously. <laughs> obviously very memorable, <laughs> yeah. Righto, Panthers. I feel like the Panthers juniors played very well in that game. Yeah, there was a lot of them. Um, they didn't really play a lot of first graders, so it was mainly their juniors playing that game. Um, yeah, like, I think, who was the... So, Targo, who's the yeah. center that everyone's looking out for as the, the cheapie coming into Very this season. Very strong performance. Yeah, he actually played really, really well on an edge. The only issue is Jennings also played really well. Also who's a bit true. Who's a bit of a veteran, but... Got 52. Yeah, he was pretty much in everything in, in the attack, so it's good, good signs from him, but... I know that as a fantasy coach, I kind of want Targo to be playing in that role just because yes. he's a cheapie and we need to make some cash somewhere. So um, it'll be interesting to see who gets that position for the for the Panthers because obviously Stephen Crichton's going to be in one and it looks like Targo, Jennings uh, are probably battling for the for the other centre spot. Yeah. And I mean, there has been a bit of discussion as well about Cleary um, from since the last podcast where um, he might not be playing round one. He's probably not a hundred percent yeah so who do you think will be replacing him for round one if he doesn't play well based on like the trial games we're talking about O'Sullivan looked the clear replacement Mm -hmm. in that game he he controlled everything for the Panthers which is really good to see considering um he's had a few rough years obviously he had his time at the Warriors he's kind of moved around a bit O'Sullivan um between the Broncos the Warriors and now the Panthers he's very good he showed that last year for the Warriors that he's actually a very good replacement in the halves and yeah, it looks like he, if Cleary's not fit, O'Sullivan's going to be there for the first couple of rounds. He's not really a selection. He's already priced in. 
at the yes. moment in the halves and with the changes like we've already spoken about not going to make any more cash for you there even if it's only for a round or two anyway but it really hurts if you're not picking up Cleary from round one because how else do you get him in your team if you don't have him from round one you've got yeah. to make cash somewhere you've got to trade two people to get him in basically to mm-hmm. make the cash up unless you save cash which is really disastrous for round one um this guy last year. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, <laughs> gonna be an interesting TLT for for the first round. Um, if Cleary's left out of it, it's gonna leave a lot of coaches falling short. I think it's gonna be very hard to decide whether to just pick Cleary and just chuck him on the bench, or not have him and try to get a leg try up. Try and on get the... some points. Yeah, in the first exactly. Rounds. It is the ultimate. The ultimate question. Yeah, look, I'm not going to try to address that until round one because when we do our podcast for the first round, we'll go through all the teams. We and are very much now a pro team list Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of heartbreaking reading or oh, watching the the teams and seeing some players play well and realize that it's not going to really matter until team lists in round yeah, one anyway. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, move on to the next game. Yes. So the next game. Your boys, the Eels, first the Dragons. Unfortunately, for your boys, not a win. 22 to 26 in favor of the Dragons. Yeah, a bit unfortunate. The Parramatta started off really well in that game, but the Dragons just fought back and then held us off. Their defense is really strong, actually, the Dragons. It was good to see. Um, and some of their juniors really stood up as well. And some of the ones that came in the back end of last year and people are looking for this year as um, cheapies actually stood up and are really good options. But we'll touch mm-hmm. on uh, Parramatta first. So... Um, Makahesi Makatoa in the front row there for Parramatta. He was very good. So he's yes. looking like he's going to be taking the start. Well, not starting the bench, the first bench spot uh, in the front row. Him and Oregon Kafusi are probably going to be there. They were both very strong in this game. Mm-hmm. Makatoa in particular, he scored forty-eight points, had one hundred and seventy meters up the middle and twenty-three tackles. It was yeah. an absolute workhorse. Um, very hard to stop, which is good to see because he's going to be, you know, he's going to be there after Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell Gillard. You know, they're the obviously starting ones for Parramatta, yeah. but he's going to be the the one coming on after 20 minutes and trying to be an enforcer through the middle. So good to see for Parramatta. Um, Sean Lane looked absolutely dynamic as well. Had two two line breaks early on. Oh, a line break early on, set up a try. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that he was just breaking through that left edge quite comfortably, which is gonna be you know he's probably fighting to get a starting spot because it looks like Papali'i and Madison are probably the starting edges for Parramatta so Sean Lane is really trying to get into the team especially he captained the side as well that yeah um, that day so yeah he's probably looking to try to show some form and get into the starting squad Mm -hmm. again as well because I think he was in the starting squad the back end of last year because Madison was off the bench so um, could be interesting this year to see if Sean Lane gets a start. Probably won't be playing 80, unfortunately. But, yeah, promising signs from him there in that game. Looked very good. Yeah, definitely. And do you want to touch on some of the Dragons players? Yeah, so, I mean, Sloan and Amone both did really well. Um, only getting 29, Sloan 33. Um, probably going to be getting the number one, number six jerseys, respectively, going into round one. Yeah, I think... Yeah, you're probably right in that. Um, I guess Cody Ramsey did start in the number one, but... Look, he was outclassed by Sloan when Sloan exactly. came in. Yeah, he just looked so good at, at the back. Ramsey, yes, was agile and yes, was quick and probably could play number one, but he's he's just not as good as Sloan. And I think Sloan's probably their future there. Ramsey could find his way into the squad easily on the yeah. wing. He's, he's a winger. He's an out-and-out winger for the Dragons, but... Yeah, he's not going to take that number one shirt off Sloan. 100%. And I just think that Sloan just was so confident and just the way he played, just absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Do you think he's a pick for round one? He is expensive. He did come in yeah. at 500k, I think. Um, I don't have the prices in front of me for him because I'm talking about. I don't know if I have that cash for a winger. Yeah, just at all <laughs> like, <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I under, I understand what you mean because Ponga is only a hundred k more than that. Exactly, and he's a more proven gun. You're taking a risk. Yeah, like he could be. He could be amazing, and like we could be just you know eating humble pie in yeah. like two months time. But there's always that risk that he actually doesn't in the real perform. world doesn't perform yeah. how he's performing in the trial games. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the risk with a lot of juniors, unfortunately. But he is showing good signs that he is going to be a good fullback yeah. for the Dragons at least. If he's not fantasy relevant, he'll, he'll definitely, definitely still play well. He'll definitely be good for the well. Dragons yeah. either way, 100%. Yeah, and Amone, good, good to see him played quite well through the middle. Like I'm actually proud of us because I feel like we were... Picked him on a. I mean, yeah. he was he's a he's a cheapie and he's most likely starting in round one. So and he played very well. Yeah. So <laughs> very proud of Pretty myself. obvious pick, <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, it's all on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you picked him. <laughs> Righto. And then I guess to cap it all off, Knights Bulldogs sixteen all. Yeah, good game in the end. Actually, um, the first half was really good to see because a lot of the the players were their first graders. Yes. How was that off the kickoff? Avarillo chucking a foot out and giving the ball straight back to the Knights off the kickoff. Mate. Jeez, that's got to be rough. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was much better than Flanagan on the day. I'd say Avarillo because mm, yeah. I think Avarillo played the first half. Flanagan played the second half. Second half, the the Bulldogs are in all sorts. Yeah, I thought um, they ended up drawing it up against the Knights but yeah it didn't the last 10 minutes I think they were both fighting for the win and they both it was riddled with errors jeez it wasn't good uh, to watch. it wasn't great yeah but the first half was really good to see um Clifford and Clune looked a surprisingly good halves a combination great duo yeah yeah <laughs> it was actually pretty interesting to see they actually combined really well Clifford scored a try in the corner after I mean it was only he just jinked a little bit and got through the line um TPJ missed a tackle it was Pretty soft, to be fair, but <laughs> at the same time, good on him for taking on the line because he doesn't do that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they looked really good together, yeah. to be honest. Um, they were ranked the 16th best halves pairing going into the start of the season by Fox Sports, with which out of 16 teams yeah. is last. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just I know you were looking at me just <laughs> then being like, the like um, does that mean they're the 16th? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're, they're actually looked pretty good. They're probably looked better than a couple of other parents, yeah. to be honest. Hence my shock. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they go round one, I guess. I mean, they're only against the Bulldogs and they're still trying to find combinations. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Knights. The Dogs, they had King who oh, came into the team from the Storm. so good. Yeah, he looks really good. Scored 54, um, 133 metres, 23 tackles and four offloads. The offloads is really good to see. He won't be starting, unfortunately, just considering the calibre of players yeah. that the Dogs have brought in and how much they're paying them, really. <laughs> um, he'll be on the bench, though, I think, with that kind of performance. If he keeps that up, which I'm sure he will, coming from a Storm system where they're, they're you know, disciplined and really, you know... <laughs> take into account the meters and tackles and not missing any and you yeah. know more of a team player i guess um yeah he'll most likely be in the 17 yeah Max king 100 i agree with that yeah good game mm-hmm. otherwise yeah i enjoyed it what do you think of uh ponga in for the knights it's all right yeah he didn't do too much did he he was he was there i think when like you think of it this way like that when we were taking the notes and we were writing everything down he did not come up in the notes yeah good point he was he was there but he wasn't there was nothing super yeah, there was nothing, noteworthy. Yeah, exactly. He, in the way he, he played. He played like he would in a trial game. Didn't need to force his hand too much. Just was there for fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ponga, we actually have some uh, fan submitted questions this week. So thank you very much to everyone who did submit their questions on our Instagram page. But Tom has asked if Ponga is a good pickup this year at 600k. Personally, 
I think he is. There are better options. Um, he did have a bit of a poor year by his standards last year, especially coming up against Pierce. But um, now that Pierce is gone and out of the squad, he's going to have a lot more opportunities to score points and to perform better, I think. Yeah, so Clune is taking Pierce's spot in the team and Ponga should pick up a bit more responsibility. Should is the should. figurative word there. Um, he is the captain. He will be, you know, probably trying to steer the team around from fullback. It just depends if that translates into fantasy points. I think at 600k, he's worth a risk. Like, I think his break-even's 48. He only needs to, you know, have a just a decent game to get 48 points by, mm-hmm. by Ponga's standards. Um, yeah, like you said, last year was average for him. So this year, he should be fine. He should be averaging around the mid to, to low 50s anyway. Yeah. So there is a bit of value in him. I can see him being a good pick at 600k. But the problem is that that's still a lot of money. At, in the wing of fullbacks. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, Pappenhausen is 630k. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're thinking the same thing, right? Yeah, like, I got Pappenhausen. If you've, <laughs> if you've got 600k and you've got Pappenhausen and you've got Ponga and you look at the seasons they had last year, who yeah. are you going to go with? Well, I think maybe Pappenhausen's not the best example. I can't believe you had to think about no, that. No, but <laughs> I'm just, you know... I think, yeah, yeah, you go Pappenhausen. Yeah, you go Pappenhausen every day Especially of the week. with the fact that Pappenhausen's going to, like we spoke before, he's going to make money this season yeah. as long as he plays. As long as he's on the field, yes. As long as he doesn't get injured. But um, the same thing for Pappenhausen's Ponga. They both get injured probably the similar similar rates, to be honest. So, long story short, yes, but also Pappenhausen exists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There is another player that exists. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it depends how much money you want to spend in your wing of fullbacks. Like, if you want to go big in your wing in your wing of fullbacks, you go probably for value. You go Ponga, um, Pappenhausen, and Hines because mm-hmm. they're going to make a bit of cash probably for, to start. Yeah. Um, you could also go Teddy because Teddy's pretty cheap, but Teddy does have periods where he slumps, so yeah. you can pick him up for cheap later in the season. Hundred percent, you can. Um, yeah, if, if that's where you want to go, they're your best three winger fullbacks. And they're probably the three winger fullbacks you're going to have by the end of the season, I'd say. Or yeah. be aiming to To try have, and at least have, yeah. Yeah, plus Teddy. So, um, yeah, that's make of that what you will. I think that's pretty good chat around Ponga. I think that was a very roundabout way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying, yes, he's good, but also, Pappenhausen. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one's specifically for you, Daniel, because I'm never good at this. Um, from Bo, what's the best trade strategy and how many trades should you have going into Origin? Yeah, um, trade strategy. Look, I don't think anyone did trade strategy well last year, um, just considering how many injuries there was and the origin period and everything else that was happening. I'm looking at probably having around 20 to 25 trades by origin. So that means you're spending 10 to 12 trades in the first 10 rounds, Yeah, I guess, roughly. So you're looking at that middle At least one trade a week. Yeah, well, you're probably making most of those trades in the first one to five weeks just because you want to get your squad as close to um your cash making players as possible so Mm -hmm. after round one you're going to see that you know you're probably missing one or two players and you want to get them into your squad as soon as possible so you can make some cash off them they're the ones you jump on early they're the trades you use early but after that point like the middle rounds you know five to ten round five to ten you should probably only make one or two trades depending on you know, anything crazy that happens unless someone does a major injury and a junior mm-hmm. comes in or, you know, someone just starts performing unbelievably well. You know, little things that happen in teams that force your hand that you need to drop a player and pick up someone else. Like, you know, if you, everyone's got Pappenhausen or Cleary, if Pappenhausen or Cleary does 
something gets injured is out for four to six weeks or something like that you know anything major is when you're making those trades so you really want to carry as many trades through to origin as you can because that's where you make up the most ground yeah. in classic if we're talking rankings and moving up the rankings you you make your most ground in those middle rounds when origin's on that being said <laughs> it is hard to keep up so i understand if you fall back in the rankings early on you kind of need to spend a few more trades so you've got to keep in mind that there is no one and one size fits all trade strategy because it depends ultimately on your team and how it pans out in the first few weeks so if you're behind like if you're outside the top 10,000 say for the first after round three or four Mm -hmm. you're going to need to make trades to make up the difference that's as simple as it gets you're going to have to spend a few trades get some players in that are actually performing better and you know try to move up the rankings into at least the top 8,000 to get through to the origin period then you can start spending a few more trades through that origin period make sure you're picking up players that are playing on the buy rounds um, and you have close to 17 on the park during those buy rounds because that's where players that you know are in the top thousand are in the top 2000 they're not spending their trades because they're pretty happy to sit on the players that they have knowing that okay I can save my trades till later in the year so you've got to spend a few extra trades to try to catch up to those people Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to cost you later in the year, but you've just got to hope that it gets you there and thereabouts by the end of the year that your trades aren't going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully you have 10-odd trades for the run home, 10 to 15-odd trades for the run home. If you're, luck- if you're lucky, you have 15. Hopefully 10 for the you run home. You should have 10. Yeah, I think at least. Like That is the major pitfall that most people in our league had last year was they had no trades. Yeah. After Origin finishes, you need trades. You need to have them because, and then other people won't. Like generally speaking, most people won't have any trades left going into it. So being able to have a couple trades left over going into like finals of the last few weeks is really important because it's where you can just gain a huge amount of ground. Yeah, everyone's dropping off. People don't have trades. People don't have seventeen. People who just stop caring as well. Yeah, that too. There is a few of those. Yeah, and so I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. You need trades. Um, yeah, a lot of people blow their trades early, which is the thing. Like the first 10 rounds, don't spend all your trades. You really need to hold on to them. I know it's it's enticing. You see a junior come in and you're like, oh my God, I need to jump on him early, but he might not get you as much value as someone during the buy rounds that's coming in to yeah. replace a Don't a, be wasting trades on people who have no... like. Yeah, that's huge. Wasting trades on people that aren't even going to play in the team for longer than two rounds. That's oh, going to be huge this year. Being an idiot like I did last year and accidentally traded someone who wasn't playing that week. You traded him in? Yeah, I picked him up. And then I like didn't realize until the Thursday and like the first game had started and I looked and I was like, oh no. Yeah, rough. So don't do that. Don't do it with me. Um, All right. Well, that's a very long way about it. Hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, hopefully Um, that was helpful. If it's not, um, Bo, you can just message us and Daniel will write it all out for you. I'm not going to write that whole thing out, but if you have any (laughs) questions specifically around trades and um, how many you sh- should have. Um, there's a lot of chat around that on some of the Facebook pages yeah. and stuff like that. And really yeah, happy to answer any questions you have at the Instagram at Pod. Mm-hmm. So the next question is from Will. And you should keep this short and sweet. Who is a better buy between Burton, DCE, Johnson or Cook? So three halves and a hooker. Burton, DCE, Johnson, Cook. Um, for value, Burton, I think he's got a bit to make. DCE is going to lose a lot of cash because of the scoring changes. Johnson, he's pretty much priced in, especially with the halves that are there at the Warriors. I don't see him doing much better or doing much worse. He's kind of just priced where he is. And Cook is an interesting one. So 
I think in terms of scores, I think Cook probably has the upper hand here. He's going to be playing 80 for the Rabbitohs, and I think he's probably going to have a bit more... He's going to have a bit more influence on the Rabbitohs team, especially through the middle of the park. I know he, without Reynolds there, he's going to have to pick up a lot of the slack in terms of controlling the team. I don't see Cody Walker as a natural game manager, so, you know, someone there's got to do it. Um, uh, Walker is definitely a good runner of the ball. He's definitely very energetic, and he's he's going to score points. He's going to have plenty of attacking stats, but someone needs to control that team, and I think Cook's going to pick up a bit more responsibility through the middle. So could be a bigger scorer for this year, Cook. So, yeah, value, Burton, Cook for scores. Nice. And then our final question is actually two questions from Jaden. So the first question is, Bird or Aitken? I will answer this one, and we all know the answer is Aitken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for real reasons. Um, So he'll get 80 minutes on the edge. He's going to score more than Bird. Like, he will. Like, I I know that there's a bit of, like, I'm like, oh, good Aitken. But he will score better than Bird will (laughs) score this season. Yeah, Bird's a bit up in the air. he, He most likely will be playing... Um, in the middle of the park or on an edge, Bird. Mm. But I think Aitken's got better job security there. So Bird is very versatile, and that's going to hurt him in the long run. There will be games where Bird doesn't play on an edge or yeah, in the he'll middle be put because else. of injuries yeah. and COVID. Like, COVID's going to be a big factor this year. It's hard to hard to weigh it up because it hasn't happened yet, but there's going to be players coming in and out of the squad quite yeah. regularly because we're just living with COVID at this point. Um, yeah, Bird's going to be filling some, some pretty big gaps in the Dragons team when when stuff goes bad. Yeah. So, yeah, keep that in mind that Bird's very versatile. Yes, Aiken is as well. He can play in the centres, but Warriors have a lot of juniors that can exactly. fill in in the centres. Um, and they do in the forward pack as well, but Aiken looks like he's solidified himself mm-hmm. as an edge player for the Warriors, and long-term it looks like that's going to be his position. Yes. So Aiken, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and then also from Jaden, so Rank, Tarpane, Hines, and Burton. Tarpany, Hines, and Burton. Oh, God. Um, all different positions, so it's kind of <laughs> hard to rank them. If I'm ranking them on score, I'm probably thinking... Oh, that's so hard. Hines, Burton, <laughs> Tarpany. But there's a big caveat on this. Burton and Tarpany are probably neck and neck. But I would say Burton's above Tarpany because Tarpany can have some... Big games, yes, but he also has games where he only plays like 20, 30 minutes and Ricky pulls him off pretty quickly. So um, there's a bit more risk associated with Tarpany than there is Burton, I'd yeah. say. Burton's definitely going to be playing 80 in the halves for the dogs every single week. But either way, Hines is at the top. Hines is at the top, yeah. I, I think Hines is going to be a very good player this year. Um, he's going to be, you know, 80 minutes in the halves for the Sharks and he's going to be controlling the team, kick meters, everything that comes with it. Yeah. And if the Indigenous game didn't show us anything, it showed us exactly that Hines is, you know, an out-and-out half can control a team. So, yeah, Hines is on top of that list every day of the week. It's more like a pyramid. Yeah, a pyramid. Hines and then Tarpany and Burton right next to each other. triangle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't good at shapes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to bring new things into the podcast. (laughs) Um, Well, that's about it. That's all our questions. So thanks so much, everyone, for um, asking us those. Um, We normally post the day before we film the podcast um a little thing on our instagram stories where you can drop questions in but if you um ever feel like you need to you can always drop us a dm as well and we can feature it on the podcast too yeah absolutely so that about wraps it up for today um thank you so much for joining us make sure that you follow us on instagram at footy brains pod um we update kind of we put 
posts a lot on there. Daniel's posting at the moment, like um, player analysis as, as well. Yeah. So if you want to want to play a feature, just let us know. We're, we're doing deep dives into specific players that people have requested. Uh, I know there's been a lot of requests for Selwyn Cobbo, but... When I put it to a to a poll, no. not as many votes. <laughs> not as many votes as I'd like. A lot like, of votes so. in theory, but uh, not as popular when yeah. it comes to everybody else. Um, uh, just a quick analysis, I guess. He's he's good, but probably not going to be playing enough to be a be a feature in the next the team, time we really. do a vote. Make sure you vote for it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then you get the long form. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll be back next week with some more team analysis.